Well, this morning we are beginning a new series entitled Hearing God's Voice. And I'm going to talk to you first about value. Next week, God willing, we'll talk about the subject of listening to God's voice. And in the third week, how to discern God's voice. The number one thing that I'm asked as a pastor is how do I hear God? How do I know He's speaking to me? How do I hear God? I was asked this just recently in the last couple of weeks over lunch. How do I know God is speaking to me? And the most common thing I hear Christians say is that God doesn't speak to me. Maybe you've said that recently. God doesn't speak to me. The entire story and testimony of the Bible is really built upon the fact that God wants us to have a relationship with him. God wants us, we are not at the movie yet, so I hope that's, that's not playing, right? The movie? Okay, good. I <laughs> just, I saw something over my shoulder here and I thought maybe that's the movie, don't play the movie. Again, the entire story and testimony of our Bible is built upon the fact that God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. Dear ones, that can't happen apart from talking to each other. You that are married know that. You can't have intimacy apart from talking to one another. So is it far out? Is it weird? Is it odd that God would want to talk to me? Is it far out? Is it weird? Is it odd that I would want to talk to God? That I believe that he talks to me? That I can hear him? That he actually says things that I listen to and can follow? It's actually the nature of God to speak to people. This is part of God's nature to talk to us. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. We have it here on the screen. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Look at this. Call to me and I will answer you. God says, I want to talk to you. Engage me in conversation. <laughs> it's not weird. It isn't strange that you would speak to God. It's not an oddity. It doesn't classify you as some sort of weirdo or goofball that you believe God would talk to you. He says, he invites us, call to me and I am going to answer you. I want to have intimacy with you. I love that. And notice, there's no guesswork in this. It's not, well, maybe. Well, if you're good enough, if you're holy enough. He says, call to me, and I'm going to answer you. And I think where we might have our problem is that we've made that call, and we didn't hear anything on the other side of the line, the other end of the line. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, Paul wrote this, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? 
But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Just to help us out, when this relationship with God began, he gave you the thought life of Jesus. I'll say that again. I'm not sure I got quite enough feedback on that. (laughs) Who can know the Lord's, say it out loud, thoughts? Now, so we're not talking about burning bushes. We're not talking about something odd. You, You see a vision or smoke or gold dust or whatever. When those things manifest, thank God for them. They are unusual. They are not every day is what I mean to say. You should not expect to hear from God daily through a burning bush, gold dust, angels' feathers, or any of those like. When those happen and they've been written about, thank God for those supernatural manifestations. But it is just as supernatural for you to hear a thought from God. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. What he's telling you is you have the thoughts of God inside of you, rolling around in you. This is one of the primary ways in which, and I don't want to get ahead in our series, because we're going to talk about listening and then discerning in the weeks to come. And we'll, we'll really dissect and unpack these principles of how God speak to us in what, speaks to us and in what ways. But God uses his thoughts to speak to us. And that should not be foreign to us as a believer because we have the mind of Christ. Say it out loud. I have the mind of Christ. I have the thoughts that Christ thinks. Amen. And then we find in John chapter 3, this this is a foundational passage regarding God's DNA, regarding how he treats us, regarding the fact that it is God's nature to talk to us. Look at it. Would you read it with me? To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Telling somebody that you are a passionate Christ follower isn't odd. It's normal. Normal Christianity is to have an intimacy, a fellowship with God, where you talk to each other. And how's he do that? How does he talk to us? Through our thoughts. Now, we're, again, we're really going to dissect that in the weeks to come and tell you more of the, the, the specifics of how that happens. But God speaks to your spirit, and then your spirit speaks to your mind. And I'll, I'll just leave it there, I think. Now notice, part of the shepherding ministry of God, his care for you, his love for us, is that he 
talks to us so that we will follow him. The way we follow him is by listening to what he's saying, hearing it, and following. You say, well, I'm not sure if it's my voice or another voice, or how can I know? Well, that's not today's lesson. Today we want to talk about valuing that voice, valuing listening to the Lord. But I'll just throw this out as a teaser. When God speaks to us, it is never the devil. When God speaks to us, it is never just you talking. But often when God speaks to us, we think it's our own thoughts, and so we dismiss it. We don't pay attention to it. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger's You don't need to be afraid of a stranger. You don't need to be afraid of doing something weird or spooky or strange. Have you ever ever been accused of that? Have you ever heard somebody say, well, that's, that's strange. That's just for weird people. People that think God talks to them. We see it in the news all the time, right? We, we see it in the news and on the internet that if somebody claims to talk to God and that God talks to them, they're outcast. I mean, they're branded. They're, you know, they're made fun of. Well, I boldly proclaim this morning, God talks to me. <laughs> I boldly tell you, right here, right now, in front of you, and our audience that's watching by live stream, God talks to me. I hear him. In fact, I've grown to know his voice, and you know what? The more I've grown to know his voice, that voice of a stranger, I don't even listen to anymore. I know when that voice is talking. I know the difference between a stranger's voice and my shepherd's voice. Let me ask you, you that are in a uh, committed relationship of some sort, when you get a call from that individual, do you have to ask, who's this? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, wife. My wife, in an attempt to be funny just now, said, oh, we have caller ID now, holding up her cell phone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going to burn it. I'm going to throw it away. But isn't that true? If, if you get a call from somebody that you know well, your first words out of your mouth are, ah, hello, good to hear from you. I was just thinking about you. Meant to call you. You know, something like that. It's not, who is this? Right? <laughs> because you know their voice. What about their voice? Tonal inflection, what they say, the, the rhythm with which they speak, the words they choose to speak to you. You just, you know it. It is no different in listening to God. You can know how God speaks. You hear the voice of God. Every one of you hear the voice of God speaking to you. Now, we must learn to value it and recognize it. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you making room to listen? Do you know, we make room for the things in our life that we value. Most of us go to an office and work during the day for an average of eight hours in the day. 
That relationship began with an interview, most likely, in many of these situations where you were brought in and asked. To do that, you had to set an appointment to be there. Then they most likely gave you some employee information where you had to apply yourself to the manual and learn it and get familiar with your product and your services. And then from there, you began listening and writing. Writing notes about how to do your job, writing notes and taking notes, listening. They probably, in all likelihood, sent you to some sort of class or orientation or so forth where you got your, your pen and paper out and you took notes and you listened. And then maybe at home, maybe, in some, maybe over your lunch hour or however, over those weeks, you, you also looked back at those notes and, and you gleaned and, and you thought about how to conduct yourself. You thought about how to say the right things. You thought about how to sell that product and be a good employee. And do you know there is no difference in our walk with the Lord? We set appointments for all sort of things. In fact, we made an appointment, my wife and I, to go out with somebody today from lunch. They're sitting here this morning. So we're going to be going out with them to lunch. I made an appointment. We made an appointment to meet them. This past week, I had many appointments that I scheduled on my calendar. And then I look in my, my uh, diary or my, uh, what do we call that? Yeah. So uh, my smartphone, and it has a calendar in it. Now, uh, my life is in here. I mean, my contact numbers and my appointments and... And uh, I actually, I made, a, I made an appointment to get a haircut this week. And it was supposed to happen on Friday. And it was supposed to happen on Friday at 4.30. And 5 o'clock came. <laughs> and I looked down and I, I realized, you know, I'm not sitting in a chair getting my hair cut right now. So I texted my hairstylist and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I blew right through our appointment. I got busy, lost track of time. I wasn't trying to ignore you. I'm so sorry. Do you have any other time available? And so we made another appointment. May I ask you, when's the last time you made an appointment to spend time just listening to God. Is it possible that that appointment should be something regular? That we do often? Jesus, it was his custom, it was his habit, to make an appointment with the Father early in the morning. And so before he began his day, he'd be found by his disciples out early in the a.m. praying waiting on God and listening. Now, many have taken those passages and turned them into religion, turned them into law code. Well, we've got to get up, you know, four, five o'clock, six o'clock. We've got to get up. And we've got to go pray like Jesus did before we start. Well, for some of us, praying that early doesn't work. You're not a morning person. How many times have I heard that? I'm not a morning person. You don't want to have that conversation with me. <laughs> you see, I didn't used to be a morning person either until I was in situations where I had to get up. 
I had to make an appointment. I had to be there because it was required to get paid. And you know what? All of a sudden, my body changed, my chemistry changed, and I became a morning person. Amazing how that works, that when you set your face and you say, I'm going to have an appointment because I value this, this is important to me, even your body chemistry will change to accommodate that. Do we value spending time listening to the voice of God? We've already heard and seen in Scripture that it's part of God's DNA. It's it's just the Father's heart to talk to us. He invites us to intimacy with Him, to talk to us, to explain Himself, to give us His thoughts. That's, That's settled in heaven. That's a reality. That's where we live. But often, even if God is speaking, I miss it because I miss my appointment. Maybe I didn't set it. Maybe I didn't go. Maybe I got busy. And then I find that after I make an appointment, I begin to apply myself to the manual, to the services, to the product, to learning more about what it is. How many of you know, I, I don't even have one this morning, a uh, paper Bible, but it works better for illustrations. How many of you know this is a wonderful manual about how the Father thinks? Amen. The product and the service that we share with the world. We heard so well about the reward last week of staying the course and that it's based on, you know, staying in the Word of God in receiving the reward based on God's promise. So we begin to learn the manual. First we make an appointment, then we begin to comb over the manual and learn the manual and apply ourselves to the manual. And then we're going to listen and write. I'm telling you how to value the voice of God right now. I hope if you're not writing or taking some notes that you're thinking, boy, I'm going to need to go back over this sermon. (laughs) And we have lots of ways for you to be able to do that. One of the most precious things in my time of listening to the Lord's voice is to just be quiet, to sit, to not talk, to listen, and then to write what I hear. How about you? I wonder if we make a mistake thinking that prayer is talking and appealing and asking when what prayer should be first and foremost is being contemplative and silent and listening and writing. My best sermons come from things I've written while listening till the Lord speak to me. There are things I'm sharing with you this morning, here now, that came by me writing what the Lord was saying. I didn't read them in a book. I didn't get them off the internet. God spoke to me. The word that I shared with you, Jeff, before we started, (laughs) the word, Tim, that I gave you when we started this morning, that came as I was walking my dogs through the park over here And just loving the Lord and listening to him. And all of a sudden I stopped and he gave me a download of that word for me. He spoke it to me. Because see, I'm in a place where I needed to hear. 
I brought you this far, Jeff, to launch you into something fresh. Your walk with me is not going to be as it was in previous years. See, I needed to hear that. The Lord spoke that to me. And then I wrote it down. Oh, I'll tell you, in fact, what I did. This is so great about these smartphones that we have today. I have an app on my smartphone called Evernote. Many of you are acquainted with that. For me, that app, that is my life in terms of my fellowship and intimacy with the Lord. So at all times during the day or night, I will wake up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. It's not a matter that I can't go back to sleep. It's a matter that all of a sudden I begin to receive a download. You know, I don't know what time it is up in heaven, but I'll tell you what, his clock is not synchronized with my sleep schedule. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> I mean, and he doesn't seem to care. He will wake me up two in the morning, and I know, I know that, I know, you know, the difference between that and being hungry, or that and between having a pain, or between that and I just, you know, I can't go to sleep for some reason, the dogs, you know. You all let dogs sleep in your bed? You don't do that, do you? No, I'd never do that. My dad would have never done that. Oh, my goodness, dogs didn't even come into the house, let alone make it to the bedroom. I will wake up in the middle of the night in a sort of fetal position, not locked up tight and tucked, but, you know, that curve. And I will have one dog tucked into my knees and another dog on the other side, either up around my, my hips or my thighs or down at my feet laying across them. That's not right. But I have found that sometimes I wake up and it's not because of that. The Lord's wanting to speak to me. The Lord's wanting to be intimate. You couples know what this is about. You always on the same schedule with your spouse? Isn't it amazing how those desires can come up when the other isn't interested at all? Why do you do that, God? Why do you say that man should marry a woman, chase her, marry her, Leave all else, never to have another woman in his life forever now. Till death do us part, the Bible says we become one flesh. Really? <laughs> Until desires come. And you find you are on a totally different schedule. Am I just being real? Live stream, love you. <laughs> That's how we do it here. So my point is this. God's desire to speak to you might not always meet your schedule. Sometimes he wants to make an appointment with you. And I pull out my phone because I know if he begins to speak to me and download, I need to get Evernote out and I can either type it or I can speak it. And I can get what he's saying to me. That's what happened with that word that I gave to a number of you here this morning as we started. God gave it to me while I was walking. Gave me a download. I put it in Evernote. And then I got it into my notes. And over the weekend he spoke to me and said that there will be several there in church that I will show you that I want you to give that word to. Isn't that good? Hmm? God 
speaks to us? Do we value his voice? The number one need and priority in our walk with God is quietness. We often refer to our spiritual devotion time, Bible reading and prayer, as, quote, quiet time. However, our, our quiet time is anything but quiet most of the time because we're busy reading and we're busy praying and asking the Lord, crying, complaining, all of those things, certainly not being quiet and listening. Do I value, do I make hearing a priority? Watch this. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My child, listen to what I say. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you see the longing there? Do, do you see the, the crying there? Do you see the passion there do you see the I'm and that was old covenant in the new covenant you don't have to do all that reaching and longing and he you now are his temple I am his temple and he's speaking constantly how many of you know that if you had a little transistor radio right now you remember those? Some of you aren't old enough to even remember that. There, there was an invention back um, a couple of decades ago before you all were born. And uh, it was called a transistor radio, and it ran on batteries, and you could run up a little uh, antenna on it, and it was, uh, you know, the size of a couple packs of cigarettes. And uh, run up the antenna on it, and then you could tune it to various frequencies and pick up radio stations, local radio stations, and listen to the radio. I mean... That's how we, when I was growing up, listened to tunes. <laughs> I mean, that was our playlist, to tune in to a particular... Now, do you realize that when you shut off the transistor radio, that the broadcast doesn't stop? The frequencies are still there, in the air, constant. I've just turned off my receiver. I submit to you that listening to God is the same. I have to turn on my receiver. He's not distant. He didn't go somewhere. He's not playing favorites. He doesn't love Ed more than he loves me. Sammy doesn't love you more than he loves me. If I'm not hearing God, I probably need to turn on my transistor <laughs> and put up my antenna so that I can pull in the frequency. But God is always speaking, all the time. God is always speaking. Could we, in between scriptures, keep it on that slide? I love this picture. I want to take a look at it, please. Hearing God's voice. What is that gentleman doing? <laughs> Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Drinking coffee, somebody said. Yes, amen. Well, I'd, I don't know about your mind, but when I saw that picture, I thought, he's listening to God. That's exactly how it is for me, except there's not coffee in that cup when I do that. 
and none of my window seals are wide enough to sit up there. <laughs> I love that picture. He's not talking. He's not even got his Bible out. He's just being comfortable. He's looking out the window, and I can just see by his face. I can tell by what his eyes and his face and his forehead are doing, his mouth. He's listening to God. He's receiving right now. He's contemplating. He's just being still and knowing that God is God. As is a custom of mine, I will often, especially if the building is empty and everybody's gone home for the day, begin to walk. All the lights are out. Come into the sanctuary, all the lights are out. It's almost, unless these windows are open or it's midday, it gets very dark in here. I, I, I like that because then the light that is coming in from the windows is very directional and it's kind of streaking and it, 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 it's nice. So I'll come in here and I'll begin to walk around. So help me, cameraman, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> going to leave. So I'm walking over here and I just began to pray and to love the Lord and to worship. And I walked all the way over here to these blinds. And for some reason, I just felt like opening them up. Oh, broke. <laughs> like that. And as I did, a deluge started. I mean, it began to just pour. And I just stood there. And then I lifted my hands and I worshiped. As I felt God say, that's what I'm sending to Genesis. And I began to walk away and it stopped dead completely. Dried up, stopped. I went out into the hallway, needed to run to the restroom, and I thought, what would happen if I walked back to that window? So I walked back over here to the window and I stood for just a moment and it began to rain again. <laughs> and I thought, come on. I didn't need a sign. I didn't need a wonder to know that God speaks. I didn't need a sign or a wonder to know that God loves me. But it was kind of fun to know that God has my address. God knows where you live. God's intimately involved with you and constantly speaking to each of us all day, every day. All we need to do is run up that antenna and tune in to the frequency. And that's what we're going to be learning next week and the following as we talk about listening and discerning. Let me real quick give you five common reasons why we fail to value listening. Number one, we think that we're unworthy. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion 
which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people. Could I ask you all to read that aloud, please? And then when you get to the words qualified and fit, would you just raise your voice a couple of additional decibels and kind of shout it out? Ready? Read. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is in the inheritance of the saints. <laughs> You're not unworthy. He qualified you. You're not worthy in yourself. You're not worthy by anything you do, but He has qualified you. Next, busyness. Oh, the busyness of schedule that we often <laughs> fall prey to. And I'm going to back this up because that's actually not where I want to go. What I'd like to do, we're going to turn down all of the house lights and uh, play just a very brief video. It'll be over before you know it. Don't blink. I mean, truly, it is short. But I need you to listen in particular to the phone conversation that this woman is having. Let me go ahead and alert you now, just because it is so short and we can't go back and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. I had to do that several times. The phone is going to cut out on her. That's important to the message. Lights out. Go. Hello? Hey, it's me. Listen. I only have a couple seconds, and I really need some answers. This is Nicole. If you really need answers, <laughs> set aside some. Listen. What? What? I did not get any of that. Nicole is calling for a quick connection. Okay, you are breaking up so bad. I think you just have too many distractions. But Nicole has critical questions that call for a quality connection. Look, this is really important, okay? So, so call me from a better cell. Nicole, the problem is definitely on your end. <sighs> the kind of connection you can only get using P3. If you would put this time on your schedule, you can get the answers you need, and maybe... <sighs> Hopeless. Shoes. By using P3, Nicole could have the clearest, most consistent connection available. So please, just stop what you're doing and focus. <laughs> the only way you're ever going to stay connected. P3, the line is open. Are you? Please check the number and dial again. This is a recording. I don't know about you, but I need a P3 connection. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're always talking. Oftentimes, I'm just too busy. I've got too much going on. The third reason that we, is common, that we don't value listening, is religious teaching. Religious teaching that tells us that as long as there's sin in your life, God won't talk to you. The fact is, God amps up talking to you when you're struggling. Number four, wrong identity. I have a scripture about that. And um, it comes from the mirror translation. And actually it's a passage. And because it's amplified, not word for word, it's thought for thought and amplified, it's a little wordy compared to just a verse or two. So follow along with me. 
Paul says, Galatians, Galatians, have you completely lost your common sense? Can't you see how the law bewitched you and blurred your wisdom to distort the revelation of what the cross of Christ accomplished in you? This was so clearly predicted in Scripture. How can you not be uh, persuaded by the truth? Please, would you reason with me on this one issue? On what basis did you receive the Holy Spirit? Are we talking gift or reward here? What kind of message ignites faith? What a condemned sinner and failure you are as revealed in the law or what God believes to be true about you as revealed in the Gospels. Let's not confuse law with grace. Can you see how stupid it would be to start in the spirit, believing in the success of the cross, and then for some crazy reason to switch modes back to do it yourself again? As if your own works could add anything to what God has already done in Christ. Remember how you felt when you first encountered faith? Are you prepared to exchange that for a religious sentiment? All the ground you've gained would be lost. The law does not complete faith, it nullifies it. Would you accredit what you have received from God to, to something you did or something you have heard? Did God reward you for your high moral standards when he worked extravagant miracles in and lavished his spirit upon you? Or did it perhaps have anything to do with the content of the revelation of the message of grace that you have heard? Faith is the source of God's action on man's behalf. Our hearing is the conduit of what God's faith reveals. End quote. I so love that mirror translation by Francois Dutrois. Some of us have laid down the effort to even make an appointment and listen and hear because of that do-it-yourself religion. We just don't feel that we're good enough. We have a wrong identity of ourselves, so we don't believe we're welcome in the throne room. And number five, competing voices. So many competing voices and we struggle to discern and to understand which is really God. So I would invite you please to come back in the next, the following two weeks as we talk about those very subjects. We'll be talking about how to hear the voice of God, how to discern when God is speaking to you. We'll even talk for a few moments about prophecy and the idea when somebody says, well, the Lord told me to tell you. Happened this morning here. What is that about? How does that happen? But my prayer this morning for you is that God would put a new hunger in the heart of every one of you here at Genesis to pull up a seat or to grab a window seal to get your cup of coffee and to make an appointment with God to just hear, to listen.